This is a podcast for anyone who ever felt like they didn't belong and nothing they did was good enough. So I interview a guest that is half Māori and half Chinese, and I don't normally say that. Um, but it sort of it paints the story of how that would be like to feel excluded in your own skin and then how to identify with your name or with your culture and that sort of thing. And then also combine that with challenging moments and not having much and having generations of financial hardship and how do you rise above that and how do you find your own way out of it so anyone that's gone through that and would like some inspiration or business owners that would like to develop an iron mind because he's got a strong mindset uh this one's for you we talked about off air what could we talk about but we decided why well, i decided to wing it so um i think also to set the scene like um what would you encapsulate what you're doing right now like what is it how is it who is it yeah, business coaching and consulting for, you know, companies that have aspirations, they want to grow, but also they're willing to put in the work, right? Both externally and internally to get it done. Okay, cool. Mm. Concise, said it a few times. I, th- I think it was important as well, like you, you had a, you're having a transition moment, a realization as such. And a lot of people are like that as well. You know, they, what do they call it? The great resignation. It's a different version, but yours is you're you're going a different direction. You know, starting off the business, helping all these different people, and then being mindful of what's a good way to go, how to strategically do that. So, what's sort of your thought process with like transformation, or or what helped you come to realization you might do something different in your business? That's interesting, right? If you ask about transformation, I I think it's got to be goals orientated. Um, because I think there's internal and external factors that'll drive change or transformation. Um, you know, if you get flooded, you need to change where you live. Um, mm. There's an external factor. But I think there's internal factors too. And I guess um, I'm on a journey and I think we're all on a journey trying to find out, you know, what I love, um, what I can be good at, uh, what I can use to help other people and, you know, what's profitable kind of thing. And so I think some external and internal stuff like you say, uh, you know, I was quite active like yourself um, on the internet and got to experience that. And I think sometimes you don't know until you experience it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think startups call it test and fail. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, oh, hey, yeah, I don't mind this. And this is really, really cool. Um, and yeah, and just thoughts. I think it's continuous improvement as well for me. Um, I've always known where I wanted to where I wanted to go. And, and I think it's I've got a long-term trajectory in front of me. I guess it's just a vehicle. Um, in which I, I used to get there. So for me, it was just, yeah, I think some things changed externally, but just internally, I'm just questioning, hey, can we do this better? Can I help more people? Can I help um, more effectively if I go a bit more deeper um, and work with less clients and, and just focus in a little bit more? Yeah. So so you talked about you've always known what you wanted to do. Was there a moment where that became always known, or since birth you just like ga ga go, go, I'm gonna do fucking this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Look, I probably exaggerated that a little bit. No, uh, uh, before starting my business, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So mm. always is is yeah, this this eureka moment I had. Um, and I'm not sure how far you want to go back, but whenever <laughs> we do whatever the fuck we want, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I think as a, as a youngin, I just, I was really, really competitive, you know, um, I've done some, you know, personal development, like it, we all have and stuff like that. And one of the workshops I remember or seminars that I remember was, um, you know, you're 
your childhood values. So what were your values when you were seven? Which is a really interesting exercise because it's what do you remember them as the person you are now as, right? As opposed to, I had no idea what my values were when I was seven. Mm. Um, but one of the ones that stuck out was I was really, really competitive. Hmm. I didn't really care what it was, playing guitar, playing basketball, doing maths, um, whatever it was. I was just really competitive and wanted to be the best at it. And so I think from that perspective, I've known that I always wanted to live a great life um, just because of my natural competitive nature, right? Um, but in terms of business and helping businesses, because I think it's a vehicle for one to generate um, a reasonable income, which is why I think most of us start business, um, despite what we might say about trying to save the whales or save the <laughs> trees or whatever the fuck we kind of tell ourselves so that we, this is why we wake up in the morning. I um, mean, look, that's partly true for some people, but um, I think you've you've got to be responsible at some point and it's got to earn you a certain lifestyle. Um, but I knew that, well, for me anyway, it was a great vehicle because as an employee, yes, you, you know, I don't need to tell you about this. You're somewhat capped eventually. Um, not to mention the day-to-day -day experience of being a small cog in a big machine. And, you know, I've had the uh, honor of kind of coaching some, you know, C-suite in corporates, you know, million dollar salary type people. And um, it was really interesting to me that they felt like a small cog mm. replaceable, you know, um, in, a, in a really huge machine too. And um, and so, yeah, I think businesses, one, you, you, you can um, have that time freedom and financial freedom, um, which we all dream of. And 90% <laughs> of heard people- about it. 90% <laughs> of business owners don't actually experience uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, money and time freedom, uh, you know, be your own boss kind of thing. But I also think, um, all things considered, you know, you can actually share your gifts with the world. You can actually live on purpose. If you're a great guitarist and that's the natural God given talent that you were born with. Um, and if you understand business and business science, as I call it, commercial acumen, commercial nows, you can actually share that with the world your God-given talents or your universe, you know, the source mother's given talents, um, you know, share that some beautiful things with uh, people, enhance their lives and make a profit while you're at it, building up a great lifestyle, right? And so now I'm starting to kind of get into, uh, you know, abundance thinking and that we're all born with something to change the world in a positive way. Interesting. So just on that, on the talent and the born with it, so the nature versus nurture concept. So do you think a human is predestined to have a certain talent or is it just that all humans are capable of having a talent? I think it's both, right? I know that's a oh, pop yeah. out. I think okay. it's both. I think some of us are uh, my, Michael Jordan. He <laughs> was genetically born to be able to have that much more time in the air, whether it was two seconds or whatever. Yeah. You know, Jimi Hendrix, Albert Einstein, there are, and there's, it's a spectrum. And I think uh, just like all the other spectrums, you know, LGBTQI or, uh, you know, Asperger's, ADHD, there's spectrums. And so some of us are born with extreme talent and it's in our DNA or whatever, but some of us are just due to our number of external conditions, especially in our formative years, you know, zero to seven or zero to 16 even. Um, and you know, that saying, uh, hard work beats talent when talent don't work too. I think that applies as well, because if you've got the talent, but you don't do anything with it, but conversely, if you don't have a lot of talent and you put in the work, mm. so 
you can nurture it, as I think is what I'm saying. I think it's both, and I think it's case-by-case scenario. Interesting. You might be listening to this thinking, wow, I could make some great content, but I don't know how, and I wish someone would just do it for me. Well, if you're in Auckland and you own a service business, I interview service business owners, do all your content. So if you want to come on and share your ideas, I'd love to have you. Click the link in the bio. Yeah, no, no. Well, I think obviously people might have a predisposition to mm. being good at something, you know, like you might have big long feet and big hands so you can swim. What? Or your bones might, won't be as dense. Um, I, I think it, it. often I find the people that are most talented at a certain thing is a result of repetition and yep. often repetition comes from passion. Yep. And then it's also drive. I find that the pinnacles of success that people try to emulate and who they want to be is often someone that had something more painful than the pain of repetition. So they have a drive or a need to prove themselves that's greater than the actual cost of doing the action, hence why they went beyond what others did. So where do you think your desire to, to be the best and to be competitive from? Like who, who made you feel as though what you are now wasn't good enough and that you needed to prove to be more? That's a really good question. I like it. everything you just said there too. Um, can I segue for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, just just to add on to what you're saying, because um, is it Alex or Mosey? I don't know. One Alex, of one yeah. of one of the gurus at the moment is is kind of on this thing in terms of um, don't worry about setting goals, right? Um, have a I hate list <laughs> because that you know, and um, Tony Robbins, who's motivational and stuff like that, right? Um, pain and pleasure. Um, there's some nice I don't know chocolate cake over there, vegan chocolate cake, whatever. Um, is that going to motivate me to move from here to there? Or if someone's standing on my toe, which one's going to motivate me more? Mm. And so um, I love that about pain. And again, I, I love the whole repetition thing. And I love that repetition comes from passion. So I, I like the segment. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't know. But if I, if I, if I speculate, I just think I'd probably go back to mum and dad. Right. And dad was just, always trying to be better at everything right and i was just i was the eldest son and he was ex-military and i guess i was in some ways i don't want to exaggerate that but you know i was just never good enough and he always wanted more for me you know and he wasn't very affectionate so that very kind of cliche upbringing and maybe for whatever reason i translated that in terms of i'm not good enough mm. right and then mum was um love mum to bits and she's beautiful and amazing but um you know part of her personality was just to be critical of herself and everyone around her including myself and so maybe, at a guess, it's uh, I just never felt good enough, and maybe mm. I overcompensated with that. Well, I'm just going to be the best at everything because maybe I'll be loved. I don't know how how deep do you go with that. Maybe mm. they'll love me and accept me if I am the best, and I've got the certificate that says I'm the fucking best. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think on one hand that behavior has been modelled, so the competitive nature, and then yeah. also the self critique from your mother. But then also, you might only earn affection if you achieve accolades. Yeah. Which leads to a pivotal point in your life, potentially, where it's like, do I live his life or do I live my own? Right. Was there a moment for you where you're like, I don't want to live this um, look good life as opposed to I feel good life? Interesting. I don't think I came to that conclusion we're still in, here. In, in, in <laughs> it's the, coming. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in that method. But I know, I think, mate, because um, I didn't grow up spiritual, you know, I was just kind of, I don't know what you call it, practical, agnostic, whatever. Hmm. Um, it's just, you know, life is life. And 
things like that. But um, I remember reading spirituality, some spirituality stuff when I was like 13, right? The troubled kid at high school and all mm. that kind of stuff, hanging out with the troubled kids. And one of the kids' mums was quite hippie. And um, we ended up reading this book, uh, Celestine Prophecy is all about vibrations and auras, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff at 13. So quite impressionable <laughs> and troubled kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so for me, it wasn't like, a, hey, I'm living someone else's life. I don't think I ever had that moment. I didn't think that's coming for me. But mm -hmm. what I did have was like, hey, wait, life is potentially actually all this magical stuff that no one talks about. But the Bible kind of talks about it. The Quran kind of talks about it. Um, you know, these hippies at these festivals, they kind of talk about it. And yeah, I'm open to that, right? And I think there is a lot that we can't explain that we experience, mm. like gravity as an example. Um, but also, you know, kind of vibrations, law of attraction, manifestation, all that kind of carry on. And um, yeah, and so I made a choice independent of this moment of I'm living someone else's life or whatever. Mm. I was just like, hey, there's this thing over here. I'm going to head over there. That's interesting. Because you, in a way, you, because if I put myself in a position of someone that's competitive and, and excels in certain com competencies and wants to do really well, when you reach that goal and you don't have that satisfaction that you thought you might have once you got there, in essence, you kind of chose an unattainable goal, a spiritual goal. So then the journey is going to be fun while still maintaining the competitive edge. And that's interesting, right? And I think somewhere along the lines, as you say that, I got this independence and it didn't matter, right? And that's where I, I think I, I was, now that I look at it, I'm quite fortunate that I lost that attachment to achievement, right? Because I think it was later in my life, maybe 10 years later, Tony Robbins, and it was kind of like, you know, achievement is temporary, this this euphoria, this this positive feeling of, of achievement. But um progress is happiness hmm. and yeah and so I've, i guess i've just lived my life like that you know and it freed me of any kind of uh external definitions of success or performance or progress or achievement or am i good enough hmm. right still struggle with that yeah yeah um self-worth issues and have your down days and your doubtful days um uh, but for the most part man i'm on my journey and so much of that is unexplained and it's it's a relative kind of thing and if you feel like you're living your best life then you are yeah uh, irrespective of what other people or instagram has to say about <laughs> instagram well, what are okay let's say there's a young man or woman or non-binary um listening to this and they are striving for the affection of their family or their parents or they feel like what they do isn't good enough and they're on that progress journey but then they stagnate you know, for me, I went to university, slept, went to bed at nine in the morning, slept till five and then went to the labs. So I was just like playing games and being like an idiot. <laughs> right, right, right. And, um, so, yeah. And I was just like, what a fucking loser. You're so pathetic. Didn't even go to the um, exams. I was just like, and then you got that chip of your mum. you know, she wants me to be a certain way and what other people think of her because I'm not achieving that. So what would your advice be to your younger self? That's either a girl guy non-binary that's listening that wants a younger person yeah that's on that journey too this is interesting to me can i just capture that so you were doing these behaviors living this lifestyle mm. and criticizing yourself every day while you were continuing to do it yeah double whammy yeah that's interesting 
Right, which is probably some critiquing or, or negative thoughts that you kind of inherited from whatever conditioning you had from parents or whatever, society. Um, what advice would I give you, right? And so you're not living a great lifestyle and you want the affection of other people. Mm. Well, not necessarily Your deliberately. Parents. Yeah, no, in the sense that, let's say, it, like for your example, you're, you're not progressing and you're, you're at a point where you're in a rut. How do you get out of it? Mate, it's back to the drawing board, eh? Again, happiness is a relative thing. Mm. Um, look, and I'm not sure what the listeners are into and stuff like that, but, you know, Tony Robbins talks about when he made his first money and lost a bunch of weight. He was huge. Right? I, I, you know the story, and he kind of went to Fiji. I don't know the story. Why? Oh, right. Right. Then Tony he's, Robbins. Yeah, yeah. You, I love him or hate him. Look, what I do respect is, is he's had the most measurable, tangible, positive impact on humans in human history so as far mm. as life coaching and business coaching and you know transformation coaching all that shit goes he's got the most clicks he's got no sorry he's got the you know the biggest results yeah, yeah. measurable results and so yeah love him or hate him so story goes you know yeah so he's miserable you know came from nothing came from poverty rags to riches that total guru instagram fucking story mm. you know um but it's true you know and um you know, he did what it took to make his first million, he overcame some personal challenges. I hate people, I hate sales, I'm an introvert, da 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 da, I've got a massive fear. And he leant into those. And that resilience and that grit, we'll probably talk about that later, but that you build that muscle, right? Regardless of whether you're born with talent or you were born with work ethic, mm. right? Um, yeah, and, and he makes his first million. Yeah, I'm going to be happy, right? When I make some money, right? And we all have this dream. When I fucking win a lotto, I'm going to be happy, <laughs> you know? And as a financial planner, you know that that's full of shit, right? It's, um, in saying that, it is a health thing. But it's like saying when I am when I eat healthy and I count my macros and I get enough veggies and fruit and water and, and protein in me every day, I'm going to be happy. It's bullshit. No, it just enables you to have a good lifestyle. Um, and without it, yeah. Money don't make you happy, but poverty ain't happy yeah pretty stressful yeah. <laughs> pretty stressful right and so same with um you know your physical things anyways yeah so he makes first million dollars he feels miserable he doesn't feel fulfilled he doesn't have a meaningful life goes to fiji sitting on the beach like fucking this should be awesome i don't feel awesome um sees these poor kids in fiji playing soccer with i don't know a rock right or, or maybe some one dollar soccer ball you know um happy is that the point i'm trying to make here is happiness is a relative thing mm. so you're not going to know this if you are that younger person who has hit rock bottom or hit a plateau and you're struggling and uh, yeah, you've got some feelings of, you know, isolation or lack of affection from people that you would want that from your parents as an example. Um, you're not going to know this, but your happiness is not dependent on them. Right, but that's going to come later. So for you, what I'd say at that point is, you just got to go back to the drawing board and remember that it's your life, and you've got to find out what makes you happy. And when you identify that, it starts to give you a goal or a vision, something in the future that you can aspire towards, and that hopefully will give you some motivation to start working towards that. If that makes sense. So go back to the drawing board. What the fuck do you want? You know what you don't want. You don't like this. Mm. So what do you want? You're starting to through the process of elimination, eliminates some things out build a life that makes you happy yeah i'm experimenting with this theory said a lot in the podcast is um the most fulfilling thing you can do is to help a version of yourself in the world so whatever you felt most painful or witnessed that was most painful 
solve that problem for others. And I'm wondering if you have a framework of how you discover what makes you happy. Because you said, if someone's standing on my toe, I like that. Like, if you hate something, well, then don't do that. This seems very simple. <laughs> what, do you have other ones? Or? I, 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 look, uh, what makes you happy? Mate, and that's a fucking big question. Oh, In, in today's society, with all the busyness, how many motherfuckers are distracted by like I'm being discriminated against or my people were discriminated against or my kind are discriminated against like mm. it gives a shit dude like that your happiness should not be dependent on that right and again that's further down the track around but anyway what is happiness so Mark Twain's got a saying right show me a he says a man but anyway show me a person who knows what they want um, and I'll get it for them Right, and so way back then, and like you know, I don't know, horses and cowboys and guns and shit days, you know, he was talking about what well, we didn't know what we want, and I think that's worse in current society. It's just worse because you've got to be CrossFit, you've got to be mask as a as a dude, you've got to be masculine, but then you've also got to be feminine. You've got to change nappies, but then you've got to have this big beard and like this man bun and like tattoos, and you know, you got to have a Lamborghini and you got to have a side hustle and you got to be vegan and keto and all these kinds of things. And I was like, shit, like. We need to know what makes us happy. And, you know, what makes us happy, I think, is... Phew, here's another one, right? Um, unhappiness or dissatisfaction is expectations versus reality, right? You've probably seen that one. It's a business one hmm. kind, of, kind of thing, right? And so, yeah, we have all these expectations. I've got to be keto. I've got to look like Instagram and all this kind of stuff. Um, dude, what makes you happy is what makes you happy. And so the framework there is fucking find out what makes you happy right and what i'd recommend is that it's health wealth and relationships you know it is it is you've got to have health and you've got to have some kind of resources right even if you're a caveman you need to have a method that will continually bring you resources into your life now and beyond 65 mm. into retirement you know which is probably death by a saber-toothed tiger back then but um you know You've got to have that that perpetuity kind of thing of resources um, and then relationships. And you've got to define that. And so you ask me, what do you do when you've hit rock bottom or you hit a plateau and kind of thing is like, go back to the drawing board and, and try to think independently. There you go. That's my advice. Think independently. What makes you happy? Not what Instagram says. Like, oh, I'm a him. Like, I don't give a shit. You call me what the fuck you want. I'm me. In my mind, it doesn't matter what the fuck you call me. Right, that 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 would <laughs> right. You call me he, her, I'm good. That's yeah. your opinion, right? I'm living my life. I know what my life is, and so that's what I think we're missing in the society, and that's why I think we hit more plateaus, and I think we come to unhappy points, is because we're potentially living someone else's life. How many people do you think really know you? Me personally, yeah. Like not not this you know guy that's top achieving got it all worked out. Uh, like who do you think actually knows the, the the disgusting revolting aspects of who you are? Shit, that's a that's a that's a very 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 select few. Hmm. That's what I will say, you know. And that's interesting. I don't see myself as top achieving. I think that's relative as well. When it, when you look at where I came from, yeah, I'm smashing life. But when you look at where I want to go, yeah, I'm I'm still at stage two or three. So where did you come from? Because that might be some value. There might be someone. It sounds like you you're quite against the victim mindset. Yeah. 
but it sounds like your journey could be of service or of inspiration to others if you, where you come from. So what were you in a rich family in a triple three-story house? Oh yeah, totally. And they're really loving. And- <laughs> That's why I talk like this and act like this, you know, uh, very down to earth. Um, yeah, no, good question. What, what I will say is, you know, for anyone who is thinking, oh, I had a hard start at life. Uh, you and about 66% of people do, right? Um, so back in 2015, what's that, eight years ago now, um, I had the honor um, of running like a leadership company and that's where we did a lot of training of these CEOs and C-suite um, clients. And I came across some research and it was one of those, you know, Deepak Chopra or, or Eckhart Tolle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they did some research in, in terms of, you know, it was around um, emotional health and uh, emotional intelligence, all that kind of stuff. And apparently more than 66% of us um, can define as coming from, you know, a hard upbringing, right? And so actually majority of us, we can say that. And so if you're, I'm going to try and give you something to empower you to not be held back by that um, in, my, in my story, I guess. So yeah, single mum, two kids, South Auckland, half Chinese, half Maori. Yeah, we had it tough, you know. I think mum worked two jobs and, and studied part-time because she got quite sick when she was 40 because she came from a really hard life, like, um, you know, farming and gardening and stuff like that in the 1940s, I think, um, in South Auckland, family of, like, 10 kids. Yeah, so they had times where they didn't have enough food. Like, mm. they starved, right? But, you know, not, not kind of... Um, huddled up around a campfire starving but starving and so yeah and then she married my dad who was an immigrant uh, Chinese um, he, uh, he had an accident when I was maybe five years old and so that left us yeah single mum two kids and then yeah um, yeah dad just wasn't there and so mum always wanted the best for us you know and um yeah, she made a lot of sacrifices to kind of do that. But, you know, single mum, South Auckland, two kids. Like, there's some external factors that you, that, are, that are just going to limit you kind of thing. So, yeah, she tried to send me to the, the best high schools that she could. So we lived in Mangere, you know, South Auckland. And um, she sent me across the bridge to Onehunga, which is like, you know, a massive step up for us. Mm. I think it was the second day or the third day, some dude got stabbed on the on the, on the courts. So, oh. yeah, I was like, yeah, way to, way to, way to go. Um um, yeah, so went there, you know, she had the, 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 the you know, uh, proven plan to life. Go to high school, get A grades, go to uni, mm-hmm. get A grades, you know, um, work at the bank, be a doctor, accountant, or lawyer, get married, get a dog, have two kids, like, you're happy, kind of thing. And But I'm not like that, right? I'm, yeah, no, I'm a rebel, and so I rebelled all through high school. I did okay, um, probably A's and B's. Um, went to uni, I think I dropped out halfway through uni and wanted to do anything to not be in an office, not be in a classroom. Um, I think I was a career driver, builder, um, what have you. And, and so, you know, I think that's what I perceive around younger people these days at that stage in life. And I don't like to use ages, but, you know, kind of that, that coming into adulthood, 18 to young 20s kind of thing. Like, fuck, you've just got too many options now. That's just, do you want to be a streamer? Uh, you know, do you want to play basketball, guitar? You know, do you want to trade Pokemon cards? What's Paul Logan? What's his name? Logan, Logan Paul. Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
trade Pokemon cards, like $5 million Pokemon card. Like what the, you know, crypto, um, drop shipping, e-commerce, side hustling, influencer. Are we still, is that even a thing anymore? You know, um, there's just too many options, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's very overwhelming, can be paralyzing um, for some young people. But I think, again, man, if, the, the external world is going to be changing and the rate of change is going faster, you know, especially with AI landing, like mm. really, really landing. Robots aren't far away in terms of really landing in the masses um, and all that kind of stuff. So the, the external world is always going to change and you, you've got to have your barometer, you've got to have your GPS as, as sorted as much as you can, you know, and that'll get you through tough times and good times, right? Um, um, yeah, so I did that. And again, I was just, you know, I was just driven. Even though I was a little bit lost, I think I was always trying to be the best and, you know, learning about life. And again, I think I was finding health, wealth and relationships, right? Which is a really simple framework and it's probably overused, a little bit cliche in, in some of the circles, the self-development circles anyway. Um, but I think it's, it's, I think it's very, very true. And when you find that and what your composition of that is makes you happy, that's your happiness. Mm. And that's your North Star and you'll always be gunning for it. It's quite a few things in that. I mean, the accident, <laughs> the mum, yeah, also being half Chinese, half Maori, probably weren't assimilated easily. We and my mum gave me this name, man. Like, yeah, what? you changed your name too. I heard where you oh. could be John or you could be. Oh yeah, yeah. So I didn't technically change it, but you know, yeah, internally I was just it was easier to want to be John. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I wanted to work at the bank. Like, yeah, it was embarrassing. You go to a school, you know, I was one of the only kids that wasn't Chinese and wasn't Maori and wasn't white. So what the hell is this kid? Um, and the teacher says, Jung, is Jung here? And you're like, who the fuck's Jung? Like, you know, oh shit, that's me. Oh yeah, I'm here. Right. Mm. Yeah. So it's just in my mind, at least it was easy to be John. And I had a bunch of nicknames um, in, in high school and, and through my working career. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, they felt yeah. like, Keep going. I should have warned you beforehand where the camera goes for 30 minutes and I push a button. Oh, So okay. I ignored you for a moment. <laughs> so you had um, these nicknames at work. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And you know, the funny thing was is that they felt ingenuine. Um, it felt like I had to hide who I really, really was just to fit into society. Mm. Even though I was, right, similar to you, I was actively doing it. I was actively doing it. Introduced myself. Hi, you know, my name's John, um, whatever. Um just on that, because that might be valuable, because you, you have these people from different countries come in, often Asian, where they change their name yeah. to an English name, because one is either hard to pronounce or they want to assimilate, blah, blah, blah. And then you've also, you've got that belief system around you want to be the best and competitive and rebellion, and then you're also playing a character. It's pretty heavy. What, what, how did you shed it? When did you decide, like, no, I'm not John anymore. Get fucked. Good question. I want to say mid twenties. So I started to started to get some momentum behind me around uh, my career, right? Like middle management was. I think I had middle management experience at that point in corporate, and so yeah, I think I really started to really started to step into myself and 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 own myself. And I totally get it, right? If you are changing name, like I, I totally get it. You know what I mean? But I think, yeah, you're psychoanalyzing me and I think, yeah, it's a really good <laughs> question. And um, yeah, I think it is a pivotal point where I actually started to own my own skin. 
Yeah, and uh, I feel like I should warn people when I talk to them on the podcast because yeah. that's my obsession. Um, you know, I talk about um, the most fulfilling thing is to help a version of yourself in the world. Mm. So my whole thing is I, I, I wasn't very good with my own mind. Like I, I just couldn't control it. I was pretty like upset at myself and uh, and a big chip on my shoulder. So I've always been obsessed at understanding people and why they do what they do. Right. But it also means they um they I'm harder to get rid of if I'm helpful. So so if I'm always understanding them and why they're doing and assessing their um whether they're trustworthy or not and whatnot, and that's where my repetitional talent comes from. Um, so that's, I feel like it's just rugged. So I thought I'd give you some ammo as a means so you're not just out there <laughs> exposed yeah. to the world. No, it's, it's, it's cool. Hey, you come on these things and you might get a one view, you might get a million views, like something in between. And just hopefully something that I share adds value to someone. So. Well, well, and I, I think that the ugliest parts of your life and the hardest to admit will be the ones that, uh, transform people. Cause very few things someone's told me, Hey, you should do this. <laughs> has worked as opposed to either asking questions about them or a story that relates to my pain and I didn't know and then it, you just conveyed it so that journey you went on is not an uncommon journey they're not good enough yeah the Fine. the components with your your father and then your mother and and then also you know being mixed and it's a good jumble of fuck up there uh, right. challenge. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. So, yeah, we were, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, where are we going with this thing? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, dude. I don't know if you realize how, what, you know, kind of fucking fucked upness you have in front of you, man. So just fucking unpack it and, you know, there's lots of string to pull. Yeah, it seems so. Yeah. So, we, so you had this job, you're in middle management, you decided, okay, I'll be my name now. And it's true. I mean, people will look at names and discriminate. And if you skip that part and they never look at your CV and they meet the person, right. that's a way to get around it. From what I've heard, obviously, I don't have that problem apart from people call me Brian instead of Ryan. That's my that's my discrimination. Oh, you poor soul. Yeah. You poor oh, soul. That's what this should be about. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian and Ryan. Uh, and I've got a speech impediment. I don't pronounce the problem. <laughs> So, so you're like, you got this middle management yeah, and this chip on your shoulder and this character you've been playing and then suddenly like, fuck it, I'm here. Yeah. What happened? What were you doing? What led to it? I find pain is a big contributor to change. Interesting, eh? Hey? No, right. I just found an opportunity. I changed jobs. Oh, yeah. um, I was a sales rep. I, I moved from middle management into um, sales um, in a different company and just saw an opportunity. Look, hey, fuck, maybe it's time to be me to be honest. I think it was secondary. I think it was, I made the decision in my life. It's like, fuck man. Cause it was always in the back of my mind, but you just, you just hide it for uh, practical reasons. No, but I get the, I get through the CV shortlisting process, mm. you know, because you're looking for jobs. Right. And I think I must've, you know what, actually this is occurring to me now. I think I would have read rich dad, poor dad about that time. And, um, you know, he's lots of great things in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, but one of the things he kind of said was that one of the ways he got around racism or once he started his own business, he experienced less racism. And I think that kind of said to me, oh, yeah, fuck. So, you know, if I run my own business, so, yeah, we're talking mid-20s here, which was you didn't side hustle back in the, what, 90s, um, you know, when you're 25. Like, Jeez, you got the use serum or something? The 90? How old are you, brother? <laughs> ah, all right. Now you got to guess now. Now that you kind of got this on the internet, 
Well, late forties gone by the numbers oh, you just yeah, had me right. with. Well, yeah, you're, you're calculating. No, no, no. So I'm forty now. Oh, yeah, late forties. Yeah. I'm way off. Yeah. yeah oh, nineties. Yeah. So it could have been the tail end of the nineties. Yeah, 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 right? okay. yeah. Like you know, whereas like fucking sixteen year old on his LinkedIn is a fucking CEO and co-founder of blah 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 startup. You know, and then it's global uh, apparently. Mm. Um, you know, but we didn't have that back then. I think uh, we were uh, making and selling t-shirts. Um, I think uh putting in car stereos into cars and if you're if you're really cracking it um you had an internet cafe you know which was just a lease with some lease computers that you could pay people pay two dollars an hour to come play on the internet yeah. right and it was pro- probably dsl at that time yeah wow. yeah local land so what was your yeah. so you realized if i have a business they can't be racist to me so i'm going to start a business yeah well no but and so that that happened in my mind anyway i'm like oh fuck that like i'm just my next job man i'm playing as me you know, oh, yeah. I'm applying as me, man. Fuck, because, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I think eventually I'm going to start my own business and I'll do what the fuck I want when I want. And I'm going to have all this time freedom and this money freedom and, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. The, the, be my own boss, do what I want when I want. And, you know, I I, I, I was on that, on that dream and I thought, oh, fuck it, admit, at least I can have my own name. And while I don't enjoy my name and don't enjoy, fuck, mate, you try and, you know, meet uh romantic people you, you, you know at, in a nightclub and like hi yeah <laughs> like i don't enjoy that shit i don't enjoy teaching new clients my name and all that kind of stuff but um part of me says look fuck for whatever reason whether it's my mom or my dad or it's beyond that it's god or the universe fuck mate i got this and so what am i going to play the victim here and try and you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing. I think there's a right place and time for faking it till you make it, but no, it's just, fuck it. I'm, that's my journey, man. You know, Nelson Mandela went to prison for 17 years. I think I can fucking explain my name like a few thousand times. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah that's a good part. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, and then maybe I, the other thing I think of value that I had when I was young is just fucking maybe stupidly optimistic. Like anything is possible. Mm. Right, I've got two arms and two legs, just like you. And shit, if he can do it, which I, uh, yeah, I actually relate to you in, in, in terms of that. This real interest around humans and how they work and why they do what they do. Yeah. Well, I think there, there's some strong topics in there. I mean, <laughs> huge. Yeah, and I, I, I like being controversial as such. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I think you know there 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 seems to be a disparity. You know, there seems to be some people are struggling more than others or, or have uh, their, their f- they start from further behind. Yes, that's valid. Strongly valid. Yeah, and you even just think about it. Like if I, if I have generations of people owning houses and then generations of not owning houses, what point am I in? And then also, what about that mindset? Let's say if my great-great-grandfather was treated in a horrific way and, and demonized and, and ostracized and alienated, and then he raised my great great grandfather and it kept going. And you think about the impact your father had on your viewpoint and your mother as well. So, uh, so there might be people listening to this in whatever minority, you've got a couple you can pick from, um, that might not have an example of success or might not think it's possible for them. So, what do you say? I say, fuck that. Yeah. Anything's possible. And, and, but on conversely, man. Don't carry that shit with you, hmm. right? Don't carry that shit with you. Yeah, yeah. but again, Nelson Mandela, like fucking Oprah Winfrey, man. She was what, raped at nine, black, overweight, 
somehow cracked into media in racist America, legitimately racist America, mm. overweight, you know, had, oh man, so many challenges in her life. And despite that, she came through. So if she can do that shit, then fuck, man. My mum not giving me enough cuddles. My dad telling me that I'm useless. Like, fuck, I can overcome that, man. You know what I mean? And then you look at, that's another thing that I love about businessmen. Like, right, you can break free of so many of those shackles. Like, anything's possible, man. Like, just... And the other thing is, like, you know, I'd rather die trying than not trying. Because being here, I can't because of that shit that happened in the past or that shit that happened to me or that shit that happened to my dad's 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 dad. How's that helping me now? And how's that helping future me? And as you say, when you reach levels of success is the basic way to put it. But I'll add to that and I'll say, when you reach higher vibrations, when you can command more resources, i.e. increase your wealth, I like to be optimistic and think you will help more people. So being stuck here but anchored by the past doesn't help you and if you can't say fuck that shit i'm just gonna go and be awesome then at least maybe you can tap into future you or all the people that you're gonna help which might even be your children right or your spouse or whatever some people in the future maybe that'll motivate you to get out of here but that is not helping you right mm. like we've seen people with like limbs lost um stephen hawking like what the fuck like, man, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fucked because your dad didn't give you cuddles. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think um, I'm a believer that the, because you started quite passionately suddenly. You were quite passionate before, but now you had a bit of, bit of sauce. Oh, okay. Which okay, I think, okay. um, I find the things we hate most in life are the things that we want to kill in ourselves. Yeah. So the thing I'm most reactive to is also victims because I, I can play victim- a lot and it sounds like you've hardened a mindset that will help you break from a situation where maybe victimhood was commonplace or expected or maybe you had experiences of it potentially or not potentially no, no nothing that i would maybe because you have a mindset that got you out of that hmm. in theory i assume you can pay the bills yeah, I think I do okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I do okay. Um, yeah, and it's about paying future bills, right? And then it's about paying other people's bills. I think that's when you're winning, when you can pay other people's bills. Like, you know, you're winning. You're make, helping your clients pay their bills and their staff's bills, and rah, rah, rah. Um. Anyway, well, just no, on nothing. that, just on that. Mm. Sorry to interrupt. Um, often and and not race dependent, just financial struggle dependent. I often find people that are in a bad financial situation vilify wealth and shame money. Because you, you said something interesting there where you said you can help more people. You can help people you care about. So how do you how do you get through that limiting belief around money where it's like evil Elon Musk buying Twitter? <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, Man, this this there's some huge topics that we're kind of like just scratching the surface on, but then diving deep on. And so, um, what I'll say is, it's right or wrong based on how you label it, right? Like, and I guess that's where I I, I this is a really basic concept, man. People go, oh, be more positive, and like, he fucking called me he, like, or he called me dude, you know, or he called me male, like, fuck, that's bad. Like, how's that positive? 
you you're woke how's that positive right and i know that's really fucking controversial <laughs> but it's topical yeah it, but it's topical as well right yeah. and just be positive man and so that's the thing about wealth and it's, it's how do i say this it's a fucking choice and it's about a consciousness and so a lot of the questions that i think you're asking me about around maybe i had some conscious moment or some woke moment where i realized that it's, it's not really it's there's this framework of like going into yourself does it feel good or does it feel bad right because i'm optimistic that in here is your connection to the mother source or the universe or god or whatever that is and it's not out here and it's definitely not in here it's in here right your your soul your spirit or your heart whatever you framework you use right it's not in here because this is a tool this you can you can manipulate that like a calculator you can control this right and some of us more than others <clears throat> but don't think don't lead your life through here right and head over heart and all that kind of um, lean in and all that kind of mm. fluffy stuff but but from a practical perspective it's like yeah so how do you overcome a mindset it's like fucking don't have it right to be honest hmm. like how do you know anyone's evil and look we've all got a bit of evil in us mm. right if i gave you one trillion dollars can you guarantee me you won't do some evil shit like there'll be some evil shit in me i will do some evil shit but not because of the trillion dollars just because i have that in me just, <laughs> just just saying money's not really a right oh yeah yeah right and i think you've kind of uh you're matured around that you know but if i gave someone who wasn't so mature oh, yeah. you know like i'm i'm such a positive person and all this kind of stuff i just i just exude positivity into the world you know but i get angry at you when you say i'm not keto or you know i i, I shouldn't do crossfit or any kind of shit like that you know dude how's that positive right and so everything can be positive everything can be positive pollution can be positive right because what if long term as a species we needed to see how bad we could be so that we could one day realize that it's not good and we're going to live this way now right i often think things can be seen as bad like uh oh i lost my house right yeah, short term that's bad, but what about I don't know, midterm, you get an insurance payout, you get a nice new home, or even long term, you're like, Yeah, no, I'm not gonna get overly emotionally attached to my home anymore. Because it physically is just a thing, whereas happiness lives in here. So how do I overcome this mindset of of, of money's evil? Like you 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 know the books, I know you know the books, and you know all the logical frameworks that we can apply to it. But again, just don't fucking make it bad, man. Like meat's not bad, vegetables mm. aren't bad right only if you make it bad and put a positive spin on things it's interesting listening to you you've gone to the extremes of optimism you know I and and that. and yeah, you replace values yes and you replace so many things with optimism yeah you don't even allow negativity yeah. interesting so how do you balance optimism and acceptance mm, tell me about that so you, to, I, I thought you were going to go optimism and practicality that's a fucking challenge oh, like, optimism yeah. and <laughs> acceptance yeah, so there's uh, a new field of psychology called acceptance and commitment therapy. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you have this unhealthy view of the world mm -hmm. that doesn't serve you. And you don't need to medicate it. You don't need to change it. You just be like, I'm feeling this right now. Mm -hmm. Whereas what you're doing is you're replacing it with an optimistic thought. So I'm wondering, okay, because you have to be very rigid and disciplined in that approach. Whereas acceptance is more of a, hey, I feel this thing right now it's okay i'm gonna own it and i can choose to act from that place or not both methods come from consciousness 
And I think so many of us are unconscious. That's the first thing I'll say, right? What do I feel about acceptance? I think, yeah. Um, it's really interesting because in my career as a business coach, which is what, really only about three years. Oh, nah, four or five years. But um, yeah, I've had some people because they like the way I think, right? Because they get glimpses of it through the business planning process or the sales training process or the leadership training process that we go through. Um, like, oh, hey, look, you know, can you help me in this part of my life, right? Which is fucking divorce or addiction to mm. substances or fucking whatever. I'm just not motivated and all this kind of stuff. So I do some life coaching, I guess. But I, I never kind of lead with that. And I don't, yeah, I'm really selective about what I do do. Anyway, um, with all due respect to psychiatrists, psychologists. And, <laughs> yeah, go and, on, set it up. <laughs> hey, there is positive psychology. Is yeah, yeah, right. It's like, Okay, now, nah. oh, yeah, okay, here's an analogy, right? Yeah. I've got a, I've got a certain physical composition. Okay, maybe I, I, I class myself as fat. Fuck what everyone else thinks. I class myself as fat and unhealthy. Um, I can either say, I don't want the Snickers bar. I don't want the Coca-Cola. I don't want the KFC. I don't want the candy, right? I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, you know what? I fucking accept that about myself. So one is thinking about the negative right and this is fucking basics of mechanics and everyone's like oh fucking i'm woke and i understand law of attraction and the secret and all this kind of shit it's like dude like happiness is inside stop fucking trying to find it out here and stop trying to find it in here it's in here that's it you were born with it a baby's fucking happy right and and so it's where we detach from this actually that's a whole nother topic but you can focus on the past and why things oh i was my dad gave me a Snickers bar when I was six for my birthday and it was like the best thing ever and now I've got this weird fucking relationship with Snickers bars. Yeah, okay, fuck, maybe you do, right? Which are neural synapses, right? We know that we're somewhat robotic and, and yeah, and so, yeah, we've, we've, we've done that or we can be like, oh man, you know, I accept that I love Snickers bars and that's okay, right? That's cool. How the fuck does that help me get to my goal <laughs> and the best version of me, right? But what does help me is fucking carrots and apples and broccoli. So I can think about why this is where the fuck it came from mm. i can be like you know what i'm okay man i love myself man i'm done fucking hating <laughs> on myself right because fuck all that how does that fucking help me man but carrots apples and broccoli get me to there <laughs> so i live here forward yeah right? okay future orientated which is you know the whole ikka tali fucking now presence thing yeah, it's yeah. one thing that i do struggle with a presence on here's a counter if if you um with snickers bars mm -hmm. if by accepting it you think less of snicker bars so then it's less of a push and less of a drive to eat carrots and so you're not you're not obsessing over snickers bar oh, i want a snickers bar oh you're a loser why are you eating another snickers bar you fat fuck it's not that it's more like hey i have this unmet emotional need around snickers bar what is it let's feel it and you feel it and then you don't crave snickers bars as much and you naturally just eat carrots and apples more similar similar pro similar process similar outcome um yeah and i don't think judge the snickers bar like legitimately you can be skinny and eat <laughs> snickers bars <laughs> i don't yeah. expect this to go deep on snickers bars. <laughs> i'm listening i'm listening <laughs> um you know but it's an analogy it's metaphorical whatever the fuck we're talking about right like yeah, it's yeah. this bad behavior it's this bad thing whatever um <clears throat> no brand deals snickers get fucked <laughs> 
um hey well we we don't know where this is going man we might we might be the perfect partnership yeah um, true right um the real the, the 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 real value of a snickers bar um but you know that's the thing man you just got to consider the bigger picture specifically around diet and candy bars or snickers bars like fuck dude you just gotta put it in your macros and your calorie count mm. legitimately you can have snickers bars like you know what i mean like yeah just eat enough carrots and thing and maybe a little bit less of i don't know broccoli to make room for the snickers bars or go for another run right depends on what your goals are again um if it just if there's um what if you eat broccoli and carrots and you don't achieve your goals can you be okay with it with that approach the positive psychology it's not i'm not talking fat like i'm just talking about so if for example you had the good habits you had the positive psychology and your goals are massive yeah and then you're sitting there 75 years old i didn't become the man i thought i would be even though i ate the carrots even though i had the apples because it's never enough because i never accepted that i like snickers bars Look, and I think the topic, <laughs> the, the topic that you're raising there is like enjoy the fucking journey, you know. Like it's there's this weird paradox. Um, but how you're looking forward and you're not good at presence, right? And so this is the thing. Yeah. This is the this is this is the paradox. Go on. Then. Where you have to be grateful and and appreciative of this fucking moment, and this is fucking amazing, right? We're getting spiritual here, right? But it's also right. A lot of that is flowing into personal development, and whatever flows into personal development flows into business, because business is one of the biggest fucking personal challenges you will <laughs> ever set for yourself, because you are never enough. There's always another zero, hmm. right? You got a thousand followers. Well, how do I get ten thousand, or a hundred thousand, or a million, or ten million? There's always, you're never at the top of that mountain. Right, which is another reason why I love business. It's just constant challenge. Right, mm. you're never good enough. You, right, a goal it's, that will never end. Goal that will never end. Right, it's perpetual. Right, and what the fuck is life? Like, we don't even really know, but it is somewhat perpetual. Right, wow, finite to a certain extent, but then your children and all that kind of stuff. But what about reincarnation? So perpetual mean like endless? Endless. I don't have that repertoire vocab like you, brother. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm doing it for the listeners. I know what perpetual is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Um. <laughs> so the thing is it's this balance between i i read something maybe a few years back actually he's one of my good friends who's i wouldn't say spiritual like he's spiritual but he's definitely more philosophical um slight difference um it's about how we we think about things and he kind of said life is this weird i wouldn't say balance i wouldn't say spectrum but this situation between satisfaction and dissatisfaction if i'm completely satisfied well go be a monk and live in the trees in the forest right like you don't need any of this kind of stuff but you also need some dissatisfaction which is almost the opposite of appreciation and gratitude this is really basic fundamentals of like law of attraction and shit like that right um so it's probably quite challenging for some people and yeah my thing is you think you might know it but you don't know it and you think you might have mastered it but you haven't right and you think you can find happiness in a book or listening to this podcast or fucking some guru is going to tell you and it's like dude it's in here shut the fuck up and just find it just connect back to being a human you were born with it you were literally born with it and it's everything that happened afterwards that's taken you away from that so because because babies cry um you think they're happier or they're more present what do you what do you mean by because because um uh what's his name sigmund freud he talks about when 
is it Sigmund Freud or um, Ericsson or some some one of those one of those cunts, mm. one of those motherfuckers, one of those motherfuckers that you know have Tell weird us how theories. The world works. Yeah, no, but they they so first he had the babe that's present, but then it doesn't have an ego because an ego is determined by the interactions with other. I'm not. This isn't me. I'm just quoting. Yeah. And then and then you get this stimulus. I cry. This happens. Right. And then you develop this sort of identity around that, and that's when your ego comes. So I wouldn't see um, babies as happy because they're sad and they communicate the outside world, but they might be more present and less socially constrained. Yeah, is that what you mean? Cause oh right, and you can't. I don't know if you've got a happy ass fuck baby. You got to teach the world, bro, because that that would solve a lot of our problems. Oh, see, but I also sorry. Yeah, look, you're gonna have moments where you need things, right? Like I need food, mm. right? Um, and yeah, a baby when it needs something, it cries. Right, and so yeah, I don't know about one hundred percent every second of the day happy. I don't know if that's realistic, and I wouldn't say that they're unhappy because they're crying. By the way, right? Yes, they're present. Yeah, I agree. They're present. That is a that is a more apt definition of 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 what I think a baby is. But I think when, for the most part, when they are not crying, not that I define crying as unhappy. By the way, but. Right, that's their. That's their. Uh, yeah, can you Uber explain Eats. that? Why? That's the Uber Eats. Like, how do how do they get Uber Eats? They cry. Yeah, and then mum comes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uber Eats comes. Yeah. Hey, or the father goes to get the milk. Come on, you True. fucking. True. Yeah, modern yeah, times. Right. <laughs> or he never comes back. He's being sexist, mate. You're misogynistic. Uh, <laughs> um, I thought that was a good milk joke, but whatever. Um, so what you said, crying but happy. Right, like it doesn't mean that they're unhappy. They're just choosing what they want on Uber Eats. So I'm going to throw just another thing out because put the app in there. That's the app. <laughs> just the app. What would you call the Uber? What would you call an Uber Eats meal? That's mum or dad? Because I'm not sexist anymore. I'm a changed man. Yeah, come on. What, what are you? What uh, would you woke. call it? What would you call the business? That is where they deliver breast milk. <gasps> oh, um, no, nah, no, nah, we'll move on. Go on. You fucking started it. Well, there was um. <laughs> you got to finish this now. There, there was a company reached out to me for marketing. It's called like Boobies or something, and it was um, but it was spelt different, and it was like cookies that help with lactating, or it was um. Oh. It had a it had a better name than Boobies. That's not a great name. It was like a play on words, but I'll never know. If you okay. listen to this, reach out and we'll put it on the next episode. Um. Okay, let's. We're at uh fifty-seven minutes this FYI, and we haven't talked about what the fuck you do and help people with. <laughs> so, like, what? It, let's say a business either they're acknowledging they could be better in leadership, or they're a multi business with one to five million dollars revenue, and they're limited by something or whatever. What do you do? You come in, you're a wizard. You're like, you're healed. You spit in some sand and put in their eyes like Jesus. Flat. Yeah, exactly that. that. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah, no. Look, I th- I think, you know, obviously with all advisors, consultants, coaches, mentors, right, we have an external perspective, right? And then we've got experience. Um, some of have them in, in your industry or in your business model. Um, but yeah, I've just got processes, you know, and I think today's been interesting to remind me of how some of my inner workings work. And that, you know, whether you're a musician or a painter um, or a business coach of some sort that will come out into you know everything you do right um the way you play sport the way you parent the way you interact with others right 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 so 
Yeah, right. We just take it for a process, man. We help them clarify what their goals are, keep focused on that, build a plan to achieve that business plan, right? Build a business plan to achieve that. I think what's different about me is like, um, I'll just keep you focused on it, right? And you actually made an interesting comment earlier around, hey, what if you get 75 and you haven't achieved that shit? And where we were going with that was kind of this, this balance between satisfaction and dissatisfaction. You've got to have goals, but remember it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. And so, yeah, you get 75, you're like, hey, fuck, did I strive towards that? Yeah, did I achieve it? Maybe, maybe not. But I was happy in the striving towards that. Yeah. How do you sell the intangible? Because that's what you do. You're selling what could be possible. Yeah. And you used to do sales. I love sales. So yeah, right. Look, and, and, and to be honest, with all the sales trainings that I've had over the fucking hell, you know, yeah. <laughs> Some shitter. Yeah. Oh man, and you know, I still watch sales training videos. Oh right? yeah, but it keeps you sharp and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's some, um, you know, I might find some tactic I can give to my clients and stuff like that, or I might even use myself. Really, in some little business, it's intention. It all comes down to intention, right? Um, is that a bad sales tactic or a good sales tactic? A good sales strategy or a bad sales strategy? Um, it all comes down to intention. If you're trying to trick people into buying your shit, mate, long term that can't be good for you, mm. right? Or them, right? Um, but if you really believe what you do, because I'm about to answer your question, it's going to be fluffy. If you really believe in what you do and you really genuinely want to help, then if you've got some kind of experience, skills and know-how, you're going to be able to deliver some kind of value, right? That's an issue at pricing and all that kind of stuff. But how do I sell it, man? I try to understand where they are, where they're trying to go, what problems they've had, and then try to share some of my thoughts around my experience and skills about how I might solve that and how I might get them to where they want to go as quickly as I can. And how do you get clients? And the because I'm interested in in helping service people, and that's the that's who I help now. And okay. this isn't a sales pitch to you, don't worry. <laughs> it's actually a learning experience of like I'm always curious how a service company sells themselves. You know, do you get referrals from your clients? Yeah, okay. Do you do streaming every week for years and realize, shit, i got to get better leads because the quality could be better. <laughs> what are you? Oh, look, I think you've got unique strategies, right? If you are a service business and you know this, when you go and see a good marketer, they're going to sit you down and say, who the fuck is your avatar or your persona or your target market, your ideal client? you got to start there. you got to know who the hell you're trying to help, right? Even if your mother to race and you just help, right? But mm. she knew that. If I went to her in her peak and said hey do you want to come help me save the whales she would have told me to fuck off right because she knew who her avatar was and she knew the channels to get to them you know and so you know that's what i mean business is really just a, a stream of life it's a mirror of life it's a reflection of, of life and so good life habits usually good business habits right and you can you can distill them down into good marketing habits so how do i sell the intangible no we already covered that yeah you gotta you gotta do the consultation thing and you've got to conceptually agree. You know what I mean? And then it is trust. In service-based business, it's trust. They fucking trust you, right? Which is why we fucking have about us pages and, and our, our value proposition and our big why and our vision on our fucking home pages and shit like that. And in the sales call, you've got to, um, you know, be yourself and, and, and really connect. But I think key is showing that you understand their problem, where they want to go. And What do you do? Do you cold easy. call them? Do you, do you... So how do we get them? So we tried a bunch of different things. And oh, yeah, yeah. at the moment, <clears throat> what I'm about to try and do is, um, yeah, just target who I want and call them. Yeah. 
and fucking call them, man. And 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 I say this for all you people, you know, dancing around on TikTok and stuff like that, and these work. Um, but as an example, um, I feel attacked. <laughs> I did a couple of dances, but they were good though. Were they just arm ones or did you like nah, actually I got moves, move? brother. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, okay, 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 cool. Yeah. Well, I can't play the guitar for like you, but. <laughs> um, look insane, that man. Look, and I have, mate, you do, you do what helps you help your people. If it's Instagram, if it's Facebook, if it's fucking flyers in a fucking mailbox, then fucking do that. Right? Like if it's dancing around on TikTok, then fucking do it. And who gives a fuck what I think about it? right hmm. like yeah i'm attacking you why the fuck are you dancing like an idiot on tiktok who cares what i think that's your thing because you're on your mission trying to help your people and that's where they hang out and that's you know you've got the data because it's digital marketing that that validates that yeah that's you that you're generating leads and you're helping more people i just did it because it's fun yeah right i wasn't very strategic <laughs> <laughs> that's cool then who gives a fuck what i think right hey. that's that's ticking your box who cares hey. about my box right yeah. um just because that's a topic that's come up a couple of times today but yeah how do i get them so we did the whole internet thing we've done yeah, the email yeah. thing um you know we did the live streaming thing uh, we did the google ads thing no yes we did do google ads and we even did what we did spend i think too much time on was facebook ads um a little oh, bit yeah. of instagram ads so yeah look we've tried a bunch of things man um i think partnerships are always cool yeah, yeah. right like um i think your business partner was talking about you know when you started, you've got to go and get a whole bunch of accountants and lawyers yeah. and build relationships, yeah, right? Yeah, no, he killed that, yeah. Yeah, right. And I think I think that's that's always a great thing. You think about um, Facebook bought Instagram. I think Facebook bought WhatsApp. Like, there were reasons behind that, synergies and, mm. you know, one plus one equals 11 kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, um, because I'm, I'm really selective, and it's taken me time to get here that I, I know how I want to help, I know who I want to help, I know what I can do to help, that I can just call them be like hey dude right i did some research so i'm not just mumbai got a call list hey man want to buy some shit hey man want to buy some shit hey man want to buy some shit like no it'll work eventually <laughs> right statistics <laughs> say three percent of the time it'll work yeah. you know cold calling works three percent of the time so no we're, we're way more strategic um interesting um I will get back to you about conversion rates, right? I guess I'm about to find out, but I'm really excited and I'm going to enjoy this process because I will do at least, you know, half an hour, but you know, up to three, four hours research on someone that I want to work with. Ah, right. Like really strategic. And you go, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Understand their network, understand their market, their funds, you know, maybe even stalk some of their consultants and contractors that they already have. Right. Like I'm really going to, you know, and then approach yeah. them say, Hey, look, why don't we have a chat? I think, you know, and I know I might be able to help you with this, this, and this. Because you can see what their aspirations are, too, if you stalk them right. Yeah. You, know, you do your research right. You can see what their aspirations are. So I can already start to say, hey, look, I think I can add value here. This is quite interesting because um, I've asked that question of, well, I didn't ask it directly. I just listened, and they told me what the, how they did it. And, it, yeah, there's the telemarketing arm. Either they're doing it or someone they hired to do it. They do They host events. They facilitate relationships. They partner with intermediaries that have access to their dream clients, or they big buy fan of that. big, fan big of that. that one. That is smartest. From the the thing, I I love the cold calling part just because <laughs> it's fun. I made something wrong with me, but I I like that part because I think at the end of the day, if I get cancelled, I say something fucked up, which is high probability. If I have a phone, I have a business. And I think the whole game is how do you facilitate that relationship so they have the opportunity to know you 
because they're calling you, they're treating you like every other call that from Mumbai that you talked about. How do you differentiate yourself? And um, that's why I created the the model that I did, not because I'm necessarily passionate about it. It's just a stage, and you can use it for yourself. That's why I'm trying to give it an exchange. Is that just having a podcast that's dedicated to your dream clients mm. and inviting them on it mm. and having a cheap editor do something so then it's an exchange of value they see what you're about and you know 70 percent will say yes when you cold cold call them depending on if you can get that first relationship built part yeah. and however however you can facilitate a relationship and service i think is the gain and that's right now is just the value add the podcast is just a way to give. <clears throat> yeah. I love it, right? You've got to build relationships, especially in service-based businesses. You've got to build relationships. Mm. Um, how do you build a relationship with a human? How do you build a relationship? I think you're spending too long on the three to four hours, just in my opinion, but it could be wrong. Because yeah. I use that as an excuse not to take enough action. And if I did 20 calls oh. and five minutes research, like you could get a, an assessment of a person from a LinkedIn bio. Yeah. That's what I did with you. Oh, I think it's a... <laughs> I just read it. Yeah, read right. that and call... Oh, no, I messaged you. I never called you, I think. Yes, you messaged me, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that doesn't count. Oh, I think there's a number of different ways to go. And it's look, it's 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 contextual. You've got to do it appropriate to the business model too. Yeah, yeah. Right? So Is right. there a limited amount of clients? Is that why right. you're so focused? Right, yeah. There's only like 50 of them and you don't and want to And they're high ticket, right? I'm not going yeah. in there selling a $5 thing. I'm not going in there trying to sell... A million clients, uh, uh, a $5 thing or a $500 thing, right? Which is part of what I think motivates, um, especially um, service providers, you know, like yourself, um, to go towards service because products is products, man. It's just like fucking pump some Google ads, get a four to one return or some Instagram ads, do some viral shit on TikTok and sell heaps of that shit, right? But you're only working on like a 40, 50% margin. And so the profitability is not there. And you know, it's really, really hard and it's a continuous grind. You've got to keep chucking new coal into the fire to fucking mm. feed the e-com, right? And that's one thing I do know about e-com is, um, you know, it's reasonably strong business. They must be doing like 50 grand a year and they've been going 17 years. Oh, sorry, 50,000 a month. And they've been oh, going yeah. 17 years. And, um, right, they'll tell you like, yeah, man, we, you know, we'll do the whole Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, digital marketing thing every now and then, man. But really um what 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 gives us profitability and perpetual into the future profitability is um our relationships mm. they're they commercial relationships they're partnerships you know they're intermediaries right and so yeah that's the thing i think about you know this whole e-commerce instagram kind of click buy kind of business model is it's it's you just got to keep shoveling it it doesn't start to gain momentum uh, interesting yeah um there's obviously the exceptions to that um but to your thing around building a relationship mate you, you know how do you build a relationship with a human fucking there's like a million different methods <laughs> right you want to dance on tiktok dance on tiktok you want to invite me on your podcast invite me on your podcast you want to send me an email send me an email dude you want to go old school and send me like direct marketing like a piece of that would probably go well right it's gonna fucking you know that it goes well in this day and age yeah, yeah. with so much spam in my inbox so much spam in my social media I receive a parcel with fucking handwritten, right? And so I think your tactic has got to be appropriate to one, what you like, to your market and through your business model, you know? Like if it's, what if it's worth me? What if that four hours got me like a million dollar client? Like then would you think that four hours was a waste of time? 
Or are you thinking like, hey, fuck, it's going to be services. It's going to be like a 90% profit. It's probably going to have a ticket item of like $1,000, you know? And fuck, if I can hit out 20 calls um, in that time that you called one, I'm winning. Mm. But then who's winning when I look at a relationship and what if I work with this client for the rest of my life? Well, I would agree with you mm. that it's not a waste of time if there's a limited number. Right, yeah. If there's 50. But I, I'm just, I'm saying that not out of attacking or love or well hopefully out of love um is that yeah i'm just curious because personally i i use it as an excuse not to do work yeah yeah and i think if that's valid too yeah yeah um how many clients dream clients are yours because multi business owners turning over one to five million in a particular industry or um dream client no you know what my dream client is more around aspirations products services like i've, I've been doing this long enough i've seen all the business models oh, i've yeah. seen all the growth and things like that and so when it comes to the business mechanics or as i call it the business sciencey kind of stuff is it marketing strategy sales strategy leadership strategy business strategy financial strategy um all that kind of stuff um we you know i i'll have something that'll get you there and really it's about you right and so if you want to grow you talked about, yeah, you didn't quite mean that, but um, what if I start to eat apples and broccoli? Oh, he's and, back, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't achieve my goals. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm like, well, fuck, is that the only method for you to achieve your goals? Like, how important are these goals to you? Yeah. Like, but be happy and be the best. Like, that's never ending. Right? Yeah. So just keep going. Just keep trying different methods. Like, yeah, I think I think you'd be very good at the heart and mind resilient and navigating serious conflicts. Mm. That's the sort of mindset that'll get you through it. Mm. Um, so we're at our time, brother. We've done an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, way very passionate time. moment, but a challenge, but a listing. Like but <laughs> so um, these products or service people that are aspirational, and you know they want to reach out. How do they do it? Where should they go? Oh, probably you could drop me an email. I think that's always going to get me. I'm jung at jung.nz. He's owning uh, the name well and truly. Now. Yeah, well and truly. Like twice in the, in the, in the same fucking email. Um, you know, LinkedIn, um, jung, Facebook, jung. Like there's not going to be many of them. You know, jungnz anyway, if you if you chuck an nz on the, on the end of it. Um, Google jungnz. Um, hmm. That's a bonus SEO for your name. <laughs> yeah, right. Because Ryan Melton has a few hundred wow. around the world. And uh, that's why I got J. Yeah. So they find me. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Email jong at jong.co.nz. Yeah. I'll no, put that in. Dot nz. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Um, um, LinkedIn and, 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 and Facebook. Um, yeah. Reach out. Have a chat kind of thing. Um, if you are listening, look, I'd be really eager to talk to you. Um, see what you're doing. See where you're going. See what challenges you're having. See if I can help. Cool. Mm. Well, thank you for helping me. No, no worries. Thanks for having me, mate. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Me too. All right. We're done.